Now, there's a story here, and if you want the real story, or the longest one, you can have a look at my interview with Michael James Pollard, or Michael Pollard as I know him, he's put the James in, I think, to delineate from other artists and make him sound a little bit fancy. You can read that interview on 25 Years Later. Just Google it, and uh, or use another um, search engine that you might fancy. We don't all have to use Google, you know. No. And um, you'll get the whole story there. Now, praising this, I know Michael because when I was an actor, um, and that's a few years ago, uh, he took my 10 by 8 publicity photos. He's very good and, and a nice bloke as well. And recently, because I've got a different face to the one I used to have, there's a long story to that, I'll tell you some other point, um, I thought I'd have some more photos taken because I have an agent who might want to find me some acting work. And that would be interesting. It's not the main focus of what I do. But I went to see Michael, and he told me about a story, very interesting, that when he was at university, quite a few years ago now, this the early 80s, he was a bit of a musician and wrote some music. And he got a call out of the blue. Um, because he'd always thought, well, maybe I'll be, I'll be discovered one day, and that never really happened. But he got a call recently from a gentleman who says who said that he bought one of his cassettes in a charity shop. And he thought, well, maybe it's a cassette that I had in my house when I was, I don't know, I used to get burgled quite a lot and uh, used to label things, you know. And said, no, no, I presume it's by you because it's got your details on it. And when he, when he read the, um, the titles, um, Michael was, at, was astounded because they were music he produced. And he'd sent some tapes out and presume, he presumed one got, um, found its way to a charity shop. And this gentleman had a record company and wanted to put some of those, that music out. Now, the first thing I bought from Michael James Pollard was um, an album that he had recorded uh, in the 80s with Sue Goddard. Um, and I really liked it very much. I've reviewed it on my podcast and done a review on that piece 25 years later. But, um, this is the original stuff that was on the cassettes. And this is an EP. Um, it's come out by uh, German Shepherd Records, who appear to be really very good. They appear to be um, having had lo- have lots of music on their slate and to do business in a way that you'd like. The way it appears to be, which is great, really. And um, he's the EP's called... Um, 211, it can be produced, uh, purchased, should I say, not produced, he's already produced it, for your listening pleasure, purchased at Bandcamp, and all of the, um, all the money from this goes to, um, goes to, uh, well, it's a, it's a, it's a fundraiser for, um, the son of a, of a, a, a couple of people who are friends of Michael, and the hashtag is, help Joel live longer. If you want to go there, which it, I have, and it's a, it's a very affecting and effective um, project. And so, don't just buy it for that, though. Well, you can just buy it for that, and actually, I would I would actually say buy it for that, of course. But buy it for the music as well, because the music, I like this. It's different to the kind of, very on point, actually, quite poppy and quite indie, 80s feel of the album. This... It's very different. One of the tracks is a sort of um, a shorter, 
whimsical piece, Julia, which is quite sort of para- a, para- a Parisian sort of cafe feel with chat at the bank of, at the back of it, you know. Um, but the other tracks are really, really special, actually. Um, yeah, I think that um, this is something I'm really quite quite delighted by. Two main tracks which uh, bookend these this four-track EP are Bizarre Life 2, because it starts with that one, ha-ha, just keep guessing, and Bizarre Life 1, which ends it. And um, it has a sort of drum machine backing which sounds like Gang of Four. It's a bit off-kilter, and as it develops with, I think it's Michael, uh, I think he said, singing, um, and also Steph, who's uh, involved in the Help Joel Live Longer fund, singing as well. Um, those voices m- don't really mesh, and they're not meant to. It's really slightly disturbing and off-kilter feel. The melody descends the whole time. You've got a really woozy feel here. And as it develops, it picks up some kind of early talking heads. Skewed funk sort of vibe to it. It's great, really. You've got even more Gang of Four in the next track, Up Reason. It it takes a long time to arrive. You can see it coming from miles away, thinking, that looks interesting. And when it gets there, it is. Again, some sparse funk, a bit itchy, a bit neurotic. That funk feel, good pushing with little piping synth in the background halfway through. So you think, what's that? Where did that come from? Where did that go? This track mines one seam, but usually I would I would be concerned by that. But this time I think, well, actually, I like that groove so much. I'm happy for them to do that for 10 minutes. And actually, they almost do. And they end with Bizarre Life 1, which is just slightly different to its companion piece. So again, drum machine push, twinkling synth. It's... It's a sort of line that says, I'm always going to be here, just buzzing around you. You won't be able to avoid me. I'm always going to be just jabbing you in the cochlea. The cochlea, don't get too excited. The ear. You've got some kind of guitars starting up as if revving a car here. The vocals are very plaintive, but the whole thing does feel very early talking heads. I love that sound. Recorded in 1981, kind of hear that, authentic in that way, and we're all craving authenticity, aren't we, apparently. This is a really good way to spend your time, and a really good way to spend your money. Well done, Michael, and a great cause as well. Ta-ta.